start to put tension on my string drawback, I was like, okay, I'm gonna smoke. It's him. You can look at the horns when he's dead. I'm, I'm in, you know, in the zone. Let the arrow go is perfect. Uh, when they lose their front shoulders, yeah, you start, yeah, that's how you know. What's up, everybody? Episode 137. Yeah. There was some debate before... There was we... no debate. I was right. You were wrong. There was a debate, though. We we debated about it for a minute. Um, mm-hmm. In the end, you ended up being right. It's episode 137. Uh, and as you know, Nick's here. Tom's not. He popped back for an episode or two, and he's gone again. He's got plenty of work to do He's, out he's the living farm. the biker life on the he, podcast. He is. He just never, never knows. knows. Comes yeah. and goes as he pleases. And uh, so in his stead, we have... Captain. Gra- Captain Luke Jack... I mean, Captain Luke Sparrow. Sparrow. What's going on, guys? <laughs> Is that the first time you've been officially introduced as Captain Luke? Officially, yeah. You know, like on the record, first time, yeah. Well, nice. I'm honored that we could say that. On episode 137, yeah. to yeah. make that clear. With no debate. None. Absolutely none. There's no debate. So, so no, no, please, Nick. I'm just curious, Luke. Why are we referring to you as Captain Luke now? Like, are you How Captain? much did you pay us? <laughs> um, well, I didn't pay you anything, but I, I did pay a, uh, a hefty sum to, uh, to obtain the title of captain. But right now, currently, I am uh, what's classified as a six-pack certification. So um, there's some limitations um, with it regarding number of passengers, size of vessel, um, etc. that I'm allowed to operate. Um, but I am currently in the process of getting my master's captain's license, which should be uh, probably about two months, um, just with how busy I am before I obtain master captain. But it's in the works and uh, will be will be obtained shortly. So what is so your six pack captain's license? What is that through? Is it? Uh, it's the coast guard. Yeah. So the U.S. Coast Guard. Yeah. So it's like an official. It's a federal thing. It's not yep. a state thing. Yeah, no, not a state thing. I can take this license all over the country and uh, surrounding waters in the ocean. You know, pretty pretty excited about that. I'm looking forward to it. This year, I'm not really going to be advertising. I don't even have my business established yet. Uh, first step was just getting the license, and then down the road, I will probably over the winter when obviously fishing season up here is Slower. on the ice it's on the hard waters we call it which water. i'm getting excited for by the way uh i know yeah. it's early but for some reason it's been waiting i, I really been, i enjoy ice fishing it's one of my favorite types of fishing yeah. most people the first couple times they go out they don't have a great time and they give up on it but it i think you have select to select few people that do go out ice fishing it's one of their favorite styles. I think of you have to like understand your expectations and understand that it's a totally different style of fishing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, well, obviously you're on the hard water, so it's totally different. But I, I think people, 
get miss um they just don't understand what they're getting into yep. and have a false sense of what they're to you're expect. Walking through the snow, dragging your ice hut, setting mm. it up, it's cold. Uh but no, it is, it is a good time though. I love it. Especially once you figure out some good spots and some tactics. But mm-hmm. anyway, so while that's going on, uh, I'll be establishing, you know, a website, a business, and whatnot. And then uh, next summer, we'll be uh, promoting and uh, running trips as, if everything goes well, uh, as a master captain, knock on wood. Be so dope. is that Massa Captain Luke? Uh, yeah, Massa. I, I will ask everyone to refer to me as Massa. Okay, perfect, perfect. But, no, it, it, was, a, it was a long process for me. Um, I know some people can crank it out in a couple weeks. Um or sometimes even shorter, but uh, it took me a few months because it's essentially you went back to school for something, yeah, and you work full time. Yep, I work help with White Cat full time, yeah, and softball. I like you just had a bunch of other prior commitments going on. I was still actively fishing. Say yeah, and, you like to fish, um, yeah. So none of that really slowed down. I just spent some more hours on the laptop and just kept slow and steady at it, and. Mm-hmm. Finally got it, so that's that's pretty cool. There's there's a lot of new things, you know, new doors that opened up for me. Um, I could go into, you know, towing um, and just a bunch of different avenues. So you gonna but, buy a tugboat? No, I don't think so. Uh, but you, you can you can captain for is you it know, like other people. tractor pulls and stuff where you hook to other boats <laughs> and pull. I have never seen that, but that could be a new sport, new water sport to get into. We could we could start that. Nick's really into water. Sports. I love water sports. I bet you do, <laughs> but no. So I'm, yeah, just. What, so is your is the master the master captain? Uh, is that going to be even more extensive, or does it kind of piggyback on your six pack? And so the masters is from what I've obtained. I've just briefly looked over the course, um, but I have access to the full course and um, just kind of glazed over it and it seems like it's more geared towards like bigger boats bigger Mm -hmm. vessels up to 100 tons and there's not as much inland it's all um like navigable yeah yeah so um it's not it does probably piggyback a little bit off of what i learned in my six pack obviously you're going to need to still have that knowledge yeah but um i believe it's just more more extensive yeah and i it looks like it's about the same length as the six pack certification. So mm-hmm. the say it, you know, took me X amount of time to get my six pack. It'll roughly be about that same amount of time. I'm hoping it's a little bit shorter and that I can devote some more time and stay more say, if focused you do it, like, on it. Towards the winter then yeah, you won't be near um, as busy yeah, as you I'll are have, in the summertime. I'll so. have more time to uh to do that. So uh, what got you interested in looking into getting your captain's license? I mean, you've been fishing since you could walk, basically. Like, what sparked your interest in this? Well, you got to be 18 to get your captain's license. So the idea started, you know, about four years ago when I turned 18. And um, I'm already going out there. I take my buddies out fishing. I take family, friends, everybody out. And, friends of friends. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, the just keeps expanding and i got more and more people asking you know to go out fishing and you know just as going out for fun and i thought that it would you know be cool if you could you know people say find a job and make money doing what you love and 
if I could figure out a way to make money fishing, it's uh, not a not a bad gig there. Even if yeah. it's you know not my main source of income. Uh, yeah, if it just you do pays a couple things hobby, on the weekends. Yeah, if it pays for my hobby, then that's that's more than enough for me. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I got the the equipment to do it. The boat that's the big thing. I have that, and then all mm-hmm. the rods and reels and equipment. So all I got to do now is just be official and become a master start start making money yeah so good deal well congratulations yeah thank you yeah we're so um, proud yeah, but on big stuff kind of the same note uh like i said i've still been going out fishing and uh as it gets a little bit hotter and the fish are moving out deeper this year has been different than most years there's been a lot of small fish that people have been running into i've always you know even last year we started to get into a lot of small throwbacks, but this year I've heard numbers of people throwing 20 plus fish back that were, yeah. you know, catching, they caught 30 fish and, you know, 23 of them were shorts that they had to throw back. Really? So now you um, said you've heard from other people. Does that mean you're not having this problem? No, I've had, I, I haven't had that 20 problem, but I've definitely been into the double digits of throwbacks, uh, in a trip. So that kind of, sparked me to try some new things and a lot of the you know charters that are out there now or the retired guys that go out all the time can you know put some more time in the water and explore and test out things to try and locate some bigger fish and you know where the schools are so for me sometimes there's two three weeks in between when I can you know if the weather's not right on a weekend can't really get out during the week so I won't be out there for a couple of weeks and I'll just have to kind of go out blind and uh, try and figure some things out. So last week we went out and we started fishing kind of shallow and started started out really hot. I mean, we got out there at 5.30. We were probably In the morning or rods. evening? In the morning. Okay. Uh, we're setting our rods out and sun's just barely coming up and... We weren't even getting, you know, three rods out and we were pulling one in with fish on and it was just boom, boom, boom. But we only kept probably four out of the first 10 fish that we caught. And as the boat traffic picked up, like I said, we were in shallower water. So the fish were kind of affected, I believe, by all the boat traffic running through and people, you know, motoring past us making white water. So fishing slowed down a little bit. And, um, I asked, you know, my buddies that were on the boat if, Hey, I haven't tried it yet, but you want to, you know, try a new spot or we can sit here and, you know, pick one or two up every, you know, couple minutes or, uh, we can go try and find a new spot that's got some bigger fish and it might be a little bit slower. I I have no idea what the expectations are. So, Mm -hmm. uh, they said, well, if it's, you know, if it's worth a shot, then if you think that, we're going to get something and it might be worth it, then let's go try it. So uh, I kind of took a risk there and pulled all of our lines in and made way to a new spot and set our rods up and got a little discouraged at first. Um, We started marking some fish, some bait, and uh, for the first probably half hour, we didn't even have, you know, a sniff on you know, any of our baits. I had, you know, baits all through the water column, you know, and as Aaron Weeb would say, you got to explore the column. You do. So I I had them from, 
you know, a couple of feet below the surface all the way down to dredging the bottom. Mm-hmm. And I had, you know, four rods basically in every, uh, every section of the water column and wasn't picking up anything. Was marking a couple of fish, but nothing, nothing, nothing. And finally, uh, one of our downrigger rods went off and reeled it up and it was a nice walleye. And so we set that rod back down. And I was like, all right, well, let's let's make some adjustments here. And we changed a couple things. Still really wasn't paying off. And I actually had a buddy of mine call me, and he was having the same problem that I had in the shallow water. He was, hey, we're picking through a lot of small fish. I saw you, you know, pull your lines and make some white water to a new mm-hmm. spot. Like, uh, is it worth it over there? And I'm just telling him, like, look, we've been out here for – 45 minutes and we got one fish in the box out here you know we picked Mm -hmm. up a couple in in closer um and he was like all right well you know let me know and so we you know moved in shallow moved out deeper moved in shallow just you know being being that guy you know everyone everyone trolls east and west and you know i was going north and south you know they (laughs) they always love that uh but i was i wasn't bothering anybody there was not not a whole lot of people out where I was. If they got something um, to say, just tell them you're a friggin' captain. They can yeah. shut their mouth. <laughs> <laughs> most of the guys out there are captains. Just say most of them, but a lot of a them. A lot of them, yeah. But, uh, no, we were, like I said, it was kind of a risky shot because we were in the pack, and that's, mm-hmm. I think, what shut the fishing off. So I went and moved way out of the pack and tried the shallow water again, but there was less fish over there, tried deeper water. And anyways, long story short, um, I was resetting my rods out. Uh, we made a couple adjustments, changed some colors up, some sizes, and I was setting a dipsy rod back out. And what I do is I turn my clicker on and uh, loosen my drag. So I can still hear the rod go out, and uh, but I can control the speed that it lets the dipsy out. Because if you let them out too fast, they can flip and spin. Mm-hmm. Um, so And it helps me set more rods out at a time. So I had my dipsy sitting in the rod holder, loosen the drag, and it's just tick, 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 just slowly, slowly putting the dipsy out. I run to the other side of the boat, start letting a dipsy out on that side. And so I have two dipsies going out, and I set the first one that I was letting out and started putting the second dipsy out on that side. As I was setting that dipsy out, the first rod on the second side of the boat was, you know, tick, 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 <laughs> just started going. So it got hit on the way out. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, buddy. So tightened up the drag on that, pulled it, gave it to one of the guys on the boat. He started reeling it. And in the time that I was messing with that one to hand it to the guy, the other dipsy that I was letting out also got hit. So I, you know, kind of took note of where they were at. And so they were a little higher up in the water column. So I handed that rod to another guy and started pulling in. So I was setting out three dipsies, Mm -hmm. had one set, one got hit on the let out. The second got hit on the let out. So now I have two fish on and the first one that I had set. So to get that one kind of out of the way of the other ones, I reeled that in a couple feet. And because the fish hit higher up, we got the two fish in and uh, boated those, started setting the rods out, and we got another one on that first dipsy. So while that one's going, uh, I 
called my buddy back that had you know called me like, hey, is it worth it out there? And I was like, hey, I starting I, to be worth it. I know we just got off the phone, but I'm not telling you to come out here because it is just a very short moment. Mm-hmm. But uh, we we found some fish, and uh, he was like, well, how you doing? And I'm like, well, we got one on right now, and we just boated two uh, in like ten minutes. Mm-hmm. So he's like, all right, well, keep me posted. So we we brought those fish in, and I had marked the a waypoint on the first school of fish that or the first two fish that we had. And what a lot of people do is they'll go out and they'll just troll one way, and they might turn around and troll back the other way. And sometimes it's tough in big groups, but a uh, little tip, if you're out there and you are catching fish in a spot and you mark it, run figure eights on that spot. If you got the room, mm-hmm. just keep keep hitting that spot because there's a reason that those fish are active right there, whether it's you know the water temperature, the structure, whatever it is, the depth of the water, where your presentation is. Um, so we just kept figure eight in that same area. And we ended up picking up one of the biggest walleye I've ever seen. It was probably close to 12 pounds. That's a hog. And, yeah, it was absolutely it, enormous. It just looked like an old fish. It's like, dunk. I, I, I believe it because, like, I, I, the picture of it, like, I'm telling you, I've never seen a walleye that looked like this. It just looked old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I pulled it into the boat, and I'm going to show Frank a picture of it so you can hear a, hear a reaction. But... Um, we pulled it into the boat and it immediately like started stinking and uh the guys on the boat uh looking for food they were you know younger college kids and wanted to fill their freezer and i was like look this fish might not be the best tasting walleye you've ever had but they're like no we're, we're, we'll cook it up real good we'll bake it whatever and so we ended up keeping it but uh here's here's that fish like it's That's just a freaking a, slob. That's yeah. a big fish. It's just absolutely massive. And we took a took a couple pictures of it and I have it sitting next to our fillet knife so you can see like the girth on yeah. it. And it was just a fat, fat fish. Yeah. And so uh we got that one in and well, mind you there was a tournament going on. Oh yes, uh, there was a tournament. That he was the day not that in. I was out. I was not in the tournament, but uh, <laughs> that would have been was, an expensive fish. I was I was catching some tournament quality fish that day. Yeah, um, but no, it was it was it was a good time. We we ended up catching some you know mixed species. We caught some steelhead. Uh, we had a couple small jacks. We had one that was probably about nine ten pounds uh, that we brought in. So, um. I guess where I'm going with this is don't don't be afraid to move away from the group, you know. Before mm-hmm. I was right in the middle of the pack and I had like actually the middle of the two packs, there's two main launches where I like to, you know, launch out of uh on Erie and there was a big group west of me and a big group east of me and I was kinda in the middle of both of them mm-hmm. and I could see them all kinda they're all slowly coming getting, towards me yeah. and so I ended up getting in the middle of all of them and, you know, we're trolling back and forth, back and forth. And that's when we made the big move out. And I bet, I mean, I probably could have counted, you know, 200 boats mm-hmm. while I was at my first spot. And at my second spot, there was maybe four boats, mm-hmm. you know, in, in my area. But, um, so, but it's hit or miss. I've done the same thing and I've moved and 
There's a reason nobody's over there. Yeah. No fish. It's, a, it's a scary feeling with, you know, a new group on the boat too. Um, Frank and I had a similar issue with uh, some snake hunting this year with some new guys. Mm-hmm. Um, we went to a, our first spot that, you know, is typically really hot. We hiked over five miles and didn't find a single rattler. And we picked Pressure her. feels like it's really on. Yeah, you know? we're like, now we're like, okay, we got to make a move here. We got to get some snakes. Yeah. We packed up and drove two hours yeah. to a new spot. I mean, it, same, it's the same concept you're running into. We had, you know, new guys. You're trying to put them on fish. It's not working. Yep. You just got to trust your instincts. And, yeah, and I, I wanted to go out. So this particular trip was on a Sunday. I wanted to go out Friday because I, I had another group of guys that wanted to go out on Saturday. So I hadn't been fishing in probably three weeks. Um, well, that's a lie. About a week, but the week prior that I did go fishing, we fished for probably about 20 minutes, and then the lake got say, pretty angry. Was that angry. when you were in like 15-footers? Yeah. yeah, it was It was what I saw out there was max probably. I, I saw a double-digit wave out while we were out there. It, yeah. It was, we were driving, I got the... Uh, Hughes craft which has a you know big closed cabin in it and we were coming down a wave and uh, the wave in front of us just happened to break and it broke on the roof of my boat so it was it was it was a little little hectic for a little while but once we we got the boat up and moving and you know we're a little bit faster and had more control of the boat it was you Mm -hmm. know obviously not a fun ride in but we, I mean, we cruised out, and we had the sticks all the way thrown down, and we're cruising full speed out to our spot. Mm-hmm. And so you just got to, you know, really pay attention, know what you're doing out yeah. there. If you're not comfortable, um, obviously don't get that, you know. Well, the that problem, Lake Erie is kind of dangerous it, in that aspect. It changes up on you quick. Yeah. it. By the time, if you have, you know, planer boards out and rods out and everything and the lake starts turning up by the time you get all your lines in and, you know, pull your trolling motor up and drop your big motor and everything The the lake could completely go from glass to six foot. He said it went from almost glass. It was probably, you know, one to twos, two foot or less was probably the reading on it to, um, I believe on, uh, the walnut buoy, the max, uh, wave reported was like 9.8 or something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that was, we were, you know, a little bit further from that buoy and, uh, it was, it was choppy. Out it there. was all a 9.8. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was choppy, but, uh, so we got back in. So anyways, I didn't really get to explore and fish that day. Like I had wanted to. So, uh, on my Saturday trip, I was going out, and uh, my buddy uh, that I work with brought uh, his father-in-law and one of his other buddies and his son. And so we were going out there, and I wanted to try the spot that I was trying to try Friday. Mm-hmm. And it was just not happening because one guy was not feeling well. He was puking over the side. The other guy was kind of queasy and, uh, opened up the window and I was like, Hey, you, you doing all right? And he's like, yeah, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. And then he started puking. And so there was (laughs) good group of guys. There was only one, one guy, uh, and a 10 year old kid that were fine, you know, (laughs) right around the boat, reeling all the fish and everybody else was yakking over the side. And it's um, a different kind of 
queasy is that seasick. Yeah. I mean, our, you can't do yeah, anything. Our buddy you. Jeremiah, uh, he thought it'd be a good idea to just, you know, instead of going to bed and then coming over to my house, you know, in the morning or just sleeping at our house in the morning and waking up, he was just going to stay up all night and then <laughs> met me at my house at four and didn't sleep. So, I'm sure he uh, didn't have anything to drink the night before. Uh, either. No, there, uh, there was a lot, lot of uh, bubblies, you know, yeah. sparkling waters yeah. consumed. Um, a lot of NAs. Yeah. So he sat in the passenger seat, and I don't think he stood up once the entire trip. <laughs> um, he opened his window and closed his window a couple times, but I think that was about the max movement we got out of Jaya. That's funny. Um, so, anyways, that was the Saturday trip. We still caught fish. Um, but it was same thing, small fish, a lot of throwbacks. And then Sunday, actually, the same guy that I called and was like, hey, or he called me and was like, hey, any anything going on out there? Is it worth it to come out? Um, I sent him a picture of my fish finder at a certain area. And he was like, buddy, you should start fishing. And I was like, no, nah, I'm going to try a new spot. And sent him another picture and looked even better. And he was like, why aren't you fishing? And I was like, mm, it's not the spot. I, more. It, there, I had a spot in mind that I was going to. And I was going, going, going. My fish finder would start lighting up, so I'd kind of slow down. That's when I sent him a picture. But then I kept going, kept going to the spot I wanted to go to. And when I got there, it looked good. looked you know similar to the... Mm-hmm first two spots that i cruised through but it ended up paying off and uh we got into some some really nice fish but nice definitely the biggest fish i've got into this year and that you know big wall i was probably the biggest that's ever been on that boat mm-hmm. it was a absolute yeah. stud yeah it was a giant walleye it was good good fish but no, i'm excited to you know do some more exploring as some time frees up. Uh, actually, sitting right next to us, Uncle Frank, I, Frank's dad, I talked to him a little bit about uh, trying some new things and going out and exploring. And it's it's different, and you got to have a, a good crowd with you. Uh, I know you know what it's like if mm-hmm. you're kind of going in blind and you have somebody that's you know not really with it and you don't catch a fish in the first 20 minutes and they're complaining like, Hey, how long are we going to be out here? What, Mm -hmm. what time are we going in? That's like the dreaded question. Like if somebody asks how long you're going to be out here, they've already decided they want to go back. Yeah, They've checked out at that point. And there's a, and I know that from experience, turkey hunting and deer hunting when I was 10, you're sitting in the rain (laughs) and nothing's happening. When I ask how long are we staying out here? I already want to go back. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, uh, you definitely have to have the right crowd of people small, with you. Small group of people, and uh, Uncle Frank's definitely one of them. He uh, he went with me the first couple times I ever went lake trout fishing, and uh, we got skunked and uh, picked up one fish, and just mm. it, it was miserable out there. But you know, there was never a never a complaint thrown. It was yeah. we're trying something new. We don't know what we're doing, and yeah, you'll uh, dirt. Up, I'm new. I don't know what to do. <laughs> but. Uh, Anyways, I kept at it and kept at it, never got discouraged, and uh, was pretty successful uh, this yeah, You had a good season yeah. for Lakers. Um, and same thing with the this new kind of fishing that I'm not going to disclose what I'm doing yet. Uh, hopefully you can see some pictures, but uh, 
have a couple people in mind that I'd, you know, invite out there that I know that they'd just be out there having a good time, whether we get into them or not. That's all part of it, just exploring and any day out on the boat's a a good day. It's tough to have a bad day on a boat. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, couple cold pops and you'll be ready to rip oh buddy some bubblies (laughs) but no so i mean that's really all i've been been up to lately is just trying to get out when i can and it's just kind of throwing a blind dart at the wall and Mm -hmm. that's how you learn though yeah it's it's not as easy you know when i when i was steelhead fishing on the streams and was going every single day i had those fish mapped out i knew where Mm. they were you know what the weather was going to do to them and i could just go out and catch them and i'm still been you know successful this year i haven't you know gone out and got skunked we've been you know we went out with your buddy ken nick and tom kevin or kevin sorry and you know pulled in a limit of walleye and uh we got a limit that day didn't we yep yeah and uh so i've pulled limits in quite a few times this year but there's also been some times where you know we're a couple fish short of limits so Mm -hmm. um you just gotta just gotta take what you can get you know if i'm not out there and don't really know where they're at it's you just gotta seems like it's harder for you to get your spots like stolen per se when you're on a boat versus like stream fishing for a steelhead because i noticed you know a lot of places you used to go steelhead fishing that Mm -hmm. were totally secluded are now just absolutely littered with people where putting yourself in a boat makes it a little harder and there's just so much more space and more opportunities. There's so many people out on the water, you know, like my spot, there's 50 other boats fishing my spot. Like it's not a, yeah, but I'm saying not a secret because it's like open water. There's just so much more opportunity out there. It's like ice fishing, you know? Yeah. Uh, you can go out there and obviously you get the guys sometimes it's set up right next to you and you're like, come on. <laughs> well, if like, you're on the brush pile, just, yeah, you, you, know, you got to do what you yeah, got to do sometimes. Just, just give me some space. But, uh, no ice fishing, you can, you know, you can stack up a bunch of huts in a pretty small area and everybody's catching fish if you're on them. Um, whereas, and you're not bothering anybody either. Yeah. Mm. You're, you know, you're in your own little shack and I actually, last year I, I, probably count on one hand the number of times i set up my my shelter and it was never for me it was for the people i was going with i bought a really nice actually i didn't buy it i was gifted a very nice uh ice suit that i stay it could be you know negative out Mm -hmm. when we went up to michigan uh like it was like negative five and the wind chill was like negative 19 or something and I was outside, never had to put my hut up. You just mm. put your back to it and keep your face out of the wind and you're, you're good to go. You're set. Yeah, if you can if you can keep your, your hands and your feet warm. Yeah, that, you can last a, a long you time. You can last all day out there. Once once your toes or your hands start going, your your trip starts shortening pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, and I got some, some gear to help me out with that. Actually it's Gonna sound strange, but if you wanna keep your feet warm, look at a pair of moon boots. I promise <laughs> you probably won't see another pair out on the lake because I have them and I've never seen another pair out there. But they feel kind of, you know, lower quality made. They're, they kind of feel like I put them on, they feel like snowboarding boots. Yeah, a little bit. And they don't look like your super expensive $300, you know, white rubber, double insulated. 10,000 grams of insulation, whatever it is. Um, 
but I can tell you right now that I've never worn a boot warmer than the, the moon boots. I had the Arctic Woodies from, is that Muck that makes those? I'm not sure. Uh, the Art the Arctic Burleys? No, I think they're called Woodies. Oh, I don't uh, know. But anyways. Uh, Burleys are lacrosse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyways, I bought a pair of those and the moon boots keep my feet warmer than <laughs> all of those. So They look like almost like Eskimo boots, basically. Yeah. It looks like that's what Eskimos would wear. Yeah. And they're <laughs> awesome. They're not the most mobile. Uh, I kind of hit my, my gas, my brake pedal, my clutch all at the same time. They're about... 14 inches wide no they're not quite that bad but it's like having a snowshoe built into your boot yeah they they are a wide boot though um but i don't know how we got on ice fishing oh spots but yeah when you're out on the lake you know um there are guys that you know will try and follow you and if they recognize you or your boat or whatever they'll try and you know follow you out but like i said there's hundreds and hundreds of boats out there and they're all in a in a small area. So it was like, you remember back in the day, perch fishing? Oh my goodness. You could yeah. almost cast yeah. your line into the boat yep. next to you. My grandpa was. Once you got on him. <laughs> always, I don't know why he had to be the first guy out there for some reason. And the first guy back with his limit. Yes. Yes. But I think the reason we got out, that was more important being the first guy back at the dock. But so we had to get out there early, but, uh, we would go out there and you'd be set up and no boats around and you'd have your head down. We'd be set up and pitched, like, it was yeah. like dark. Yeah. You'd have your head down, you know, tying your, you know, your bait on and you'd drop down and it seemed like you would, you know, look up and then there's 50 boats yeah, around Yeah, you'd like you. just be like catching fish, you know, left and right, throwing them in the cooler and then like after you get like a little slow period and you like look up and you're like, wow. whoa. <laughs> like, <laughs> We're you- surrounded. But. That's kind of how it is, you know, out on the lake too. If you're out there at five in the morning, a lot of the guys don't get out there till six o'clock, six thirty, seven o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're out there in the first first hour, or so you you kind of have the lake to yourself, and then it starts filling in pretty good. So how, um, what would you say? Like, are most people pretty courteous on the water, or do you run into a lot of jerks that? Because like you, when you're running planer boards and everything, yes. you, you're taking up a large surface area if you will like what's the the nature of everybody out there most of the time so there are a lot of guys out there that know what they're doing how to operate a boat um if you're coming head on with somebody a lot of people you just turn starboard passport to port and most people know that it's just like driving you stay on the right side of the road and you know you're good to go when you're seems like when you're walking down a hallway at school you stay on the right side of the road yeah. you know it just seems like that's just in our in our blood from driving so much you yeah. just always go to your right and so most and that's not for every case out there there's gonna be people listening like no if if this is happening there's a sailboat that's under i don't care <laughs> go to the right shut up um so and that that was all stuff that i did have to learn in my captain's course like mm-hmm. in every instance you know um what's what to actually do mm-hmm. um so but anyways if you're just head on with another boat you go right a lot of people know that um if there's a boat you know coming north and south when the big line of boats is trolling east and west and there's a boat you know coming north and south you got to realize that okay is there plenty plenty of safe distance to pass in front of this boat mm-hmm. um if there's any risk that you know there's going to be a collision or something's going to happen 
you're going to have to make a detour. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of times you have boats on your left. A lot of times you have boats on your right. Now there's a guy coming in front of you and you got to turn, you know, to your right or to your left to avoid mm-hmm. this boat that's coming, you know, perpendicular to you. So there's a lot, you know, and you don't always just have to pay attention to where you're going. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you see that boat that's coming, you know, perpendicular and I see that, you know, a boat to my right is going to have to turn to its port side to avoid it. So, so now you to me move. being courteous, or courteous, I would also move to my port to allow the guy off my starboard side to, you know, have also room. have room to move. Because if I don't move and I just hold course, then he's going to be, you know, having to struggle with me and the guy in front of him. So there is a lot to think about while you're out there. And there's a lot of people that are really good at it and um, that will help you out and, you know, avoid. But there's unfortunately i would say about the same amount that aren't that mm-hmm. aren't courteous or maybe they and it's it could it, it might it's not always it's arrogance not, it could just be yeah, like lack of yeah, knowing and, yeah you know um and sometimes you know you're if you're out there and something happens you get a bunch of lines tangled up and you know you try and you know do something and you know you ask the guy who's driving the boat to you know, come look at something real quick or you ask him a question and he turns around to look at, well, I just turned around. He probably couldn't hear me, (laughs) but the captain turns around to, you know, answer a question and, you know, things can happen real quick out there. Your boat can start turning. So you always, always have to have somebody in control of that boat because if you, you know, you lose control of it, you know, the captain walks away from his seat or, you know, a lot of people have the autopilot on, which, you know, really helps, but autopilot doesn't steer away from other boats so you still have to you know pay attention and you know be be in charge of your vessel at all times and uh there's been a couple times out there where i've had to pull planer boards in and make sharp turns to avoid people and sometimes it's somebody's fault sometimes um it's just the nature of how the how the occurrence happens you get you know five boats meeting at the same point and nobody really did anything wrong but it's just there's it's just a, a rare occurrence mm-hmm. that nobody could could help so no but the that is one thing that was nice about um taking my captain's course was i did learn what to do in every situation what um, is actually yeah, the right it, the right thing to do so mm-hmm. i can kind of ease my mind like if something happens like you know you did the right thing was that my fault like i can kind of clear my mind of that knowing that i did what i was supposed to do Mm -hmm. but i mean above all you have to you know be safe and avoid collision you know so if there's another boat and i'm following exactly what i'm supposed to do by you know the rules of the road you know that are laid out for me and by following those rules is going to cause an incident because somebody else isn't, then I can, you know, deviate from that and, Mm -hmm. you know, avoid. And there's, there's never been a point where I thought my boat was going to get hit or anything, but there's definitely been some times where I would have had to untangle some, some boards or some lines if I didn't do anything. So how big of a difference um, is the test for like, just like your general boating license to your captain's license? Because the boating license like, is a squeeze. It's, well, I, I, I knew <laughs> so I, I knew that it was easier, but I guess what I'm getting at is, 
unless they're grandfathered in, which probably a lot of the guys out there are. 1985. Oh, 82. 82. But either way, so I guess what I'm getting at is um, there's obviously there's probably a group of people out there that actually have no formal training. Correct. And then what kind of education is like a general boating license? Not much. Like a learner's learner's permit version of a driver's license? Okay. Uh, Yeah, it's super, super simple. They talk a lot about jet skis, um, about like boat safety. Um, stuff like that. It's very, very basic. I think I finished my test in like eight hours. I sat on the couch, opened up my laptop, answered a bunch of questions and got my, got my cart in the mail. It was super, super simple. Not, not quite the case with your, with your captain's license. No, I I knew it was going to be a big upgrade, but I guess just trying to figure out what kind of level of education. That's not the problem. It honestly, the, the people who went and got their boater safety course, uh, that that's what it is. It's a boater safety course. Oh, okay. It's how to be safe on your craft, and it doesn't really go into. I mean, it does a little bit about lighting and everything and avoiding other people, but it's not nearly as extensive as the captain's course. What the biggest issue I believe is the people that are grandfathered in that have never operated a boat. Mm-hmm. So I would rather have you know a. 25 year old kid that has been on a boat for you know since he was 15 and has been on a boat for 10 years with his dad or grandpa or you know whoever it may be and then had to get his boater safety course and then you know was operating that craft then a guy who was 50 just retired just retired and bought a boat has never been on a boat before but doesn't need a license doesn't need anything because he's grandfathered in those are probably the you know the most dangerous that are out there that mm-hmm. have no idea what's going on. And, you know, it's not, I, I get why they did it. Cause you know, if you, I, you think, uh, you know, mine and your grandpa, Nick, who's been on the boat since he was 10 years old, when they made this rule of a boater safety course, it would have been kind of annoying for him. He'd been on a boat he, for 30 years before, yeah. probably longer. And, uh, you know, had probably more knowledge than mm. most people out there. And then they're like, Hey, you need a license now. Like really? So, uh, yeah, it, I get, I, it. I get why they made the rule, but it's obviously it's not, a, not perfect. Yeah. But no, it's just, if you're, if you're going out on the water, you just gotta, you know, be safe. Never, never overrun your vessels. Just like driving a car or a snowmobile or a motorcycle, or anything. Don't go, any faster than you know you're comfortable staying control and then even when you are you know dialed down and you're just trolling or something just always 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 have your head on a swivel and looking mm-hmm. at every other boat because you get you know distracted for two seconds you look down at your phone or you know whatever you have a phone call you're not really paying attention and you know sooner or later two three minutes goes by and a lot changes and you know in a short amount of time out there boat positioning and and whatnot so it's definitely a lot to pay attention to but uh i do feel more comfortable out there after uh obtaining my license nice so you know i was never afraid to be out there but there yeah. were there were a couple small things that uh well like you said it I kind of puts your mind at ease knowing yeah. that you really know what yep. to yeah. do now like was i oh, was that my fault was i supposed to you know do that mm. so um but no, it's it's all good. It's all good. But uh, 
fishing's fishing's only you know just begun because every every month that goes by something else is happening so mm-hmm. you know people are like oh well walleye's been open for a while well you know there's new stuff coming in new styles of fishing uh you know in the beginning of the season you can jig for walleye you know that's a short season then you start trolling for them and some people are still jigging and then you can you know come back in as the fall you know comes around you can jig for them again so there's always always something new going on different species of fish different style to catch that species of fish so i'm always excited for what's coming up you just gotta mm-hmm. most people they you know oh i i bass fish all right and they, then bat, what they, do you do yeah they bass fish for two three months and then you know that's it and i i don't i can't wrap my head around that i've always i gotta fish year round so mm-hmm. no matter what i gotta do to get on those fish i'm i'm gonna figure it out mm-hmm. so but yeah we'll definitely have to have you back on later on in the year once you get your your massa license yes sir talk about that and see what you're up to yeah hopefully uh maybe we'll maybe we'll try and get a a white cat crew out there a day where all That'd four be a good of us time. go out there oh, and, we've never uh, done that no, no we, we haven't. haven't we'll all go out there i'll bring the video camera and i'll make some action i i think i they've been saying that for so long i'm just gonna <laughs> i started making tiktoks so uh maybe we'll just make a couple tiktoks yeah, while we're out there, there. it's way easier i just <laughs> record it on my cell phone edit it on my cell phone and five minutes and throw it back in my pocket people have like their attention span so short you start oh, yeah. making mm-hmm. videos that are 10 minutes long i know it, I really want to do it, but it's just, it's a time it's, thing. It's time consuming, yep. yeah, yeah, no doubt. But, but, well, thank you again for coming back on and sharing yeah, no problem. what you've been up to. Yeah, and congratulations um, on your license, yeah, buddy. Thank you. Um, and like Luke said, you know, he's always finding different species to chase after, and that's just one of the many ways we remain to make sure you guys are all still getting outside.